The Corey NFC podcast is kindly sponsored by Radio Taxis. Give them a call, 70353 709. They know the score. Welcome along once again to the official Korean FC podcast, kindly sponsored by our good friends at Radio Taxis, who I'm sure were very busy last weekend with a number of functions uh, in and around the, the social club. So uh, thanks again to our sponsors. Um, I guess uh, I'll bring Johnny in straight away, my, my cohort, Johnny McNabb. Um, Johnny, I guess there's really only one place that we can start this week's podcast, uh, unfortunately, uh, and that is last Sunday's Bet McLean Cup Final at Windsor Park. Um, first thing I've got to ask you, have you got over the, the disappointment yet? Do we have to talk about it? Um, <laughs> unfortunately, yes. I know, as I said, I'm one of these people that I think if Corian play well and get beat, I take it worse. Um, I thought the first half we probably shaded it. The second half we didn't come out and I'm feeling like it's... it's I've been chatting about everybody with this game, and it's so weird because we could beat 2-0, but I don't remember Garth Dean having a save to make. Um, but again, I think if we were playing now, we still wouldn't have scored. So um, we spoke about it. I spoke about everybody that whoever scored the first goal I thought would win the final, and, and then Phil got it, and, and they seen out the game well. So yeah, it looked disappointing, um, but it is what it is, and our record against Linfield in Cup Finals isn't the greatest, and that sort of trend, unfortunately, continued. And yeah, it's just a pity we just even didn't even get a goal to get back in there with a great crowd there and everyone and yeah it was just dead duck really with about 20 minutes to go yeah I was going to say that I mean it's disappointing the result and and everything else it's a different kind of disappointment than 12 months ago in the defeat to Cliftonville 4-3 after extra time um and I was going to say to you Johnny it's like a different kind of disappointment isn't it because you said it there for about 20 minutes to go in the game the referee could have almost blew the whistle. We all could have went home at that stage because effectively we all just felt that the game was already over at that stage. Yeah, two different games. I think obviously with 20 minutes to go in the last final, we had two hands in the cup and, and blew it. So yeah, it felt worse um, probably two years ago than it, than it did um, or a year ago, sorry, than it did last week. Just, yeah, we didn't probably do enough. To, we definitely didn't do enough to win the game last week and then feel with the two goals and seen the game out and Never really looked like any in, in any danger, and and yeah, it's, we haven't scored against them this year. Um, in all competitions now, it's four games without a goal against them, so it never really we never really looked like scoring. To be honest, I think we had a wee, we had a good passage play at the end of the first half, probably the last twenty five minutes or so. We we came in there, but again, Chris made one good save I think from Chevy it was, but other than that, there he wasn't overly tested, and and yeah, you just had a sense that the first goal, yeah, we got the first goal was really going to go on and win the game, and. Unfortunately, Linfield got it, but a mistake by us. And I've seen the two goals again. They're two really preventable goals, and I think that's probably the most frustrating thing. You, you can't really, you know, it's not one where you, you know, shake, you, know, you clap your hands and say, "Here, look, well done." It's probably more a defensive uh, mistake. And you look at that throughout the season. A lot of the goals we can see are just individual mistakes, and and that's proved fatal again. Those are hard to take. Uh, well, I have to say, it's not just you and I on the, on the show this evening. We're, we're joined by Michael Scott uh, from your Lurgan. Uh, Michael is a, a big Glenavon supporter. I mean, Michael, first of all, you're welcome to the podcast. I, I'm just wondering uh, what you made of uh, the last weekend's League Cup final. Well, I have to say hello, everyone, by the way. Um, I have to say, um, you know, I was rooting for Corian going into the match. I suppose it's always nice to see somebody other than Linfield win something. So I suppose um, there was a bit of disappointment, you know, from that point of view for us. But um, yeah, I mean, you were saying there about um, you know you could play all day and couldn't score. You know, playing well. That's been the story we're having season. So I have every sympathy with um, everybody at Corian for that. There, it's 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 really really hard if you lose a game like that. Um, and if you've played so well, you just can't get, you know, beyond, you know, get or breach their, their goal. And, you know, would have been upset, probably would have been. So, you know, yeah, sad, sad to see. But, you know, it, you got to the finals further than we got. So, fair play, it is. Yeah. When you say that, I mean, I just like uh, long suffering Glenavon fans, probably the right thing to say. I mean, I'm just thinking, Michael, Glenavon, when was their last final? I mean, pardon my ignorance. Not that, not that long ago. No, no, no. We were in the 2016 
Irish Cup final, we won that. Um, that was against, I was actually against the Blues at Windsor Park. Um, it was the first time the stadium had been reopened um, since the redevelopment. But um, no, that was our last final appearance. It was a great day, great day. But um, unfortunately, we're still waiting for another one. Uh, I mean, I suppose Johnny and I were talking about this last week on the podcast, and we've been quite fortunate insofar as that Korean have been regular attendees in finals in the last number of years in terms of Irish Cup finals. Uh, last Sunday was the third League Cup final in a, in a row. Uh, like Glenavon and Korean are those kind of what are termed provincial clubs, Michael, aren't they? You know, with the, outside the, the city of Belfast. And we all like to see each other doing well and, and taking things away from Belfast. And do you look at Korean with a little bit of enviousness, you know, so far as that you'd like to see your own club competing at finals on a, on a regular basis or a more regular basis? I think there's a lot of people currently at Morphe at the minute looking at um, the club in Envy or looking at Korean in Envy. Um, not just on the park, but off the park as well and how the club's being run. Um you know, there's a lot of things that you're doing, or seem to be doing right up at the, at the showgrounds that we could be doing. Um, on the pitch as well, yeah. I mean, obviously, part-time team, you're in the top six, you're going really well. Um, it's something we're struggling to try and do at the minute to try and get into the the top six, and we're finding it really hard. Us and Balamina are, are battling for that seventh spot at the minute, and Carrick as well, obviously. Um, so... Yeah, a lot of envy of how things are going at the showgrounds and hopefully one day the tide will turn for us as well. We'll all be in there one day, maybe. <laughs> Somebody I mean, will drop out. Well, we have you on this week, obviously, because Korean, um, post-League Cup disappointment, their their next game, the, the league game, is this weekend, the Saturday, away at Mournview. And, Johnny, I think if you had been picking a more difficult game for Korean after the League Cup final disappointment... It's arguable that you would have pulled anybody other than Glenavon, given our recent record against them. Yeah, there's a multitude of options here. Obviously, we haven't beat them since World War Two ended. Uh, <laughs> a good run of form. They've won since two. you since you had hair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I had a full blown hair. COVID hadn't even happened, um, and then obviously they've won two and drawn one of the last three games. So, yeah, but again. <laughs> The other stretch, you know, Corey, we have to be on it to get something. And at the end of the day, we can't afford to do what we done last year and feel sorry for ourselves after the final and then expect to turn up in the playoff and, and, and win and qualify for Europe. So um, we know the higher up we finish in the league, the more chances we get of a home draw for the European playoff. So, um, yeah, I'm sure all the boys will get by to win the ways as soon as they can. Yeah, I was looking just before we come on this evening, just as a bit of research. Uh, yeah, we do a little bit sometimes, but... Actually, the last time that Korean beat Glenavon, by my reckoning, was almost exactly three years ago, March the 3rd, 2020. I mean, it's a scary, scarily bad record, Johnny, isn't it? It is a scary record. Um, again, like some of them, it's been a lot of draws. I remember, was, like, was there not a four-all draw? Would it be like nine men or something? Um, there's been a couple of hammerings we've taken on the showgrounds as well, um, and a few defeats at Morningview along the way. And, Yes, it's one of them ones where we just haven't seen the they get the better of them. And I was actually chatting to Fitzy for, for the newsletter there earlier today and I was saying about Glenavon being our bogey team, but he he, he had a good point. He's like, look, Corey can beat Austin any given day and they, we can beat them. There's no such thing as bogey teams. You just seem to find a good run against the team and it sort of sticks. So we had a really good record against Cliftonville not so long ago and Ballam Allard just they have the voodoo over us as well. So it's just one of them ones where the next time you beat Glenavon, it could be two or three now, and then you know you might go in and on beating all against them for three or four games. So yeah, it just swings and roundabouts, but uh it would be nice to finally beat them for a change. I mean, it is it's, it's crazy, Michael, isn't it, that a team can have the Indian sign over another to such an extent. But I guess when you're like in Glenavon's shoes and you do have the upper hand, you're always fearing them that the, the reverse is going to happen and that at some point Korean is going to get a positive result and that's what you'll be guarding against this weekend I'm sure there's that but then we also have to take confidence in the fact that you guys are a top six side which means we might actually beat you because if you're a bottom six side we probably wouldn't um, we've been Here, on that Michael why, why do you think that is mentality completely mentality um, it's I think they play well in games where they're the underdog and then in games where they're the favourite, 
for some reason they just completely blew up. Um, and that's not just my thoughts. I think that's 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 Gary Hamilton's thoughts as well. That they just for some reason it's just they just don't seem to be able to cope in those games. Um, in terms of Saturday's game, we we've a bit of a dilemma because we've been playing well this last. We've gone on a really stinking run 10, 10 or eleven games without a win. Um, change formation. Um, to as we've got. It's like a four-two-three-one. We've gone to now instead of a. We always were a four-four-two side, um, and that's worked really, really well for us. But two of our, our two probably best players, forget about Fitzy, in Peter Campbell and um, Jordan Stewart have been injured and once one's injured, one suspended. We haven't missed them. Um, the way things have been have been going for us. So the question is now: Do we go back to a four-four-two for a game against Korean, which seems to suit us? Against Korean, or do we go or stick with what we've been playing recently? Um, I suppose numbers and availability might judge that one for us. Um, but I suppose, yeah, I mean, we, we do have something to build on. You, you mentioned they're our good record, even their uh, that, that game at the start of the season was probably our best performance of the season up until Saturday, whenever we beat the Glens. Um, so yeah, I mean, it'll be a good game. I'm looking forward to it. It always is a good game if we play Korean. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually was at the Newry City Glenavon game. They won Glenavon won one nil. I think up two weeks ago. That was their their first win since I think January, early January. Um, and was talking to Paul McGarvey after the game, and he had said that um, as a group they had a bit of a meeting. As opposed, it wasn't a planned meeting. It was just they sat down as a group as management and players. And one thing he did say, which I found interesting, was he says they went back to basics. In a lot of ways, so it's kind of what you're saying there—that four-two-three-one, that change in emphasis, hard to beat, and grinding it out and keeping it simple, and and that's what they did against Newry, and obviously it works because then you follow that up with a tremendous two-nil result away at Glentorn. Yeah, and not only that, there as well. We've had three clean sheets in a row, which I think is the first time since 2019 that we've done that. Uh, we are a team for keeping clean sheets at all. I mean, Rory Brown's a great keeper. He's best, best, that. Keeper, best keeper in the league. Allegedly. Um, <laughs> so so somebody says. But, um, you know, it's obviously working for us. Um, it's just, I think the two two extra players, or the two players in front of the the defensive four is working really well for us. Um, Isaac Burr's doing well. And then up front, or sorry, not up front, but on the, uh, on the, the board three, if you like, uh, we Jamie Dorn's been an absolute revelation for us. He came in against Lauren, his first start of the season. He'd been out for most of the season with a broken toe, and uh, he's come in and he's been an absolute revelation. He's been fantastic. Um, so he'll be the one to watch really for anybody who's traveling down to the game on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And, and Isaac Bird, you mentioned as well, he's a looks like a hell of a prospect too, young but very, very big physical player as well, isn't he? And can play a bit. He can, he can. And he's not afraid to have a go at goal either. Um but he scored one was against Dungannon, so a contender for goal of the season from about 40 yards out, if I recall. Um so yeah, Isaac's a good one. And of course then we've got, you know, all the the um how would you put it? It's good. It would be unfair to call them Dad's Army, but the more experienced <laughs> player, shall we say. I think somebody did call them a Dad's Army once, it didn't go down too well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got um, the likes of Ribs. Um, you have Snot- or Matthew Snotty's done a great job at right back for us. Yeah. Uh, Sean Woods did really well at centre half. You know, so we've got that great mix of youth experience. And hopefully next season we'll see a lot more of. Well, yeah, I mean, you say about the dad's army thing and obviously a, a tongue in cheek as well. But I mean, Johnny will know what I'm talking about. We watched obviously the Bet McLean League Cup final last week. And probably the three best players in the field were Jimmy Callagher, Jamie Mulgrew and Chris Shields. Between them, an average age of maybe 100 or whatever. But really and truly, they just ran the game pretty much, you know. Um, and it is an old saying, but there is no substitute for experience when it comes to that. No, there isn't. And then I've watched a wee bit of Cliftonville in recent weeks and Colin Coates has been unbelievable for them. So, yeah, obviously um, a bit of experience, um, you know, never... You know, never hurt. And we had that last year and the last couple of years probably with Stevie Lowry as well. And obviously we've missed that this year with, with Stevie being injured. So yeah, um, there's no substitute for experience. And Jamie Mulgrew and Chris Shields last week just ran the show. <laughs> like Chris Shields, he's like he's like a fire extinguisher. If there's a fire there, he just goes and puts it out. That's that is my 
That was how I describe it be a fiery thing. I'm sure David McGrew, best ball carrier probably the league's seen in my lifetime, moving the cheap free kicks he wins and moves up big arse of his into a good position and falls over and wins. But he's a great footballer um, and the world he won that he has is next to none. Um, they keep on going and going and going and put his body through that. And he is a, he's an ideal role model probably for any young player in the league. Um, and Jimmy Callagher, yeah, um, again, he's a leader. Um, you know, just wins everything. Um, bullies, strikers, um, and he can play a bit as well. So, yeah, look, um, there's no substitute for experience, as I said, and, and those three guys were, were brilliant for Fernando Vidal on the day, unfortunately. They were, they didn't know. One of the, the other media guys present on Sunday goes to me, is that not a bit of an indictment of Linfield almost insofar as that their three key players are on the wrong side of 30? Um, perhaps he was inferring that there's nobody coming through in terms of Linfield, but then you could yeah. argue... Yeah, you look at, yeah, but you look at Finn, Finn Lyson, hopefully I pronounced that name right, right back, he's been... Anytime I've seen him, he's really impressed me. Your boy, your boy Hall's very, he's young at the back too and we go through we go in, we go through someone for a shortcut and then you've obviously you've Chris Jones for Tynan, Joel Cooper's still a young lad, um, you know, so McKee. McKee, Divine, you know, so they left to go on and, and obviously, yeah, look, they, they've, they've lavered him too, he's, he's, he's more experienced as well, so they've, they've probably just the right blend um, as well. I was surprised they let George Stewart go, they've done that alone. I was really shocked at that because he probably offers Lumfield a wee bit different day than what they have, so yeah, no, look, I think Lumfield will never have any problem uh, bringing in players of the right age. No, um, on the back of what um, Michael was saying, Johnny, as far as that, you know, Glenavon changing their shape, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, uh, and the, and the manager Gary Hamilton have a cho- having a choice to make. Do you think that Oren has a choice to make in terms of a team lineup this weekend? Because Andrew Scott, who had been playing, was cup tied for Sunday. Eamon Fife is another option. He was also cup tied for Sunday's cup final. So there's two players that perhaps you could bring in. Does he mix things up? Does he change the formation? Does he change the personnel? What 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 way do you see him approaching the game? Well, you look in the last four games, um, we haven't scored in three of them. Um, so it's a difficult one, obviously, because you've Connor and you've Blacks as well. Um, so and then you obviously you've Andy Scott coming back. He was really impressive, obviously, and then he was cup tied. So. If you go 4-4-2, which one of them do you drop? It's very, very hard for Orn. Um, do you play just the three in behind Chevy and then obviously have London and Josh in the middle or London and Jarvey? So I think the main thing is having players back from injury that gives him the option. Um, you know, do you, do you bring in Mickey McCrudden or even Fife and just go 4-4-2 and go, go for it? Um, I think the last, I think we've been usually just playing one up front against Glavin this year and haven't beat them. So there's, there's that in the Orn's mind as well. So there's plenty of different options, you know. There's a few boys that are near a suspension. Um, I think London's a yellow card away from a two-match ban, and you've a couple. Of, like, I think Garth Dean's away from a, a booking from a one-match ban or something mad. Or so there's there's different things. Obviously, I don't know if there's an amnesty when it comes to that when, when the split games are happening. I, I genuinely don't know. So um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, you know, for all we know, there could be a few boys carrying eggs and beans. Um, you know, Josh Hank missed one of the games before the final as well. So. Um, again, it's important maybe to give a few people a rest, but we also need to have some momentum obviously hitting this. But we still have so much to play for. Um, for you know, we're only six points off third. If Lauren won the league, won the cup, third gets Europe. So you know, we can't rule anything out. It's, yes, it's going to be tough because we have all the big teams to play, and we've Lauren and Glenavon as well before the split. But um, we definitely need to come into those um, European games with, with, with some momentum. Yeah, and, and Michael, the same the same applies to Glenavon as well. I mean, I'm looking at the league table in front of me and you're sitting in eighth, uh, 35 points, but that's only two points behind Carrick in seventh. And obviously, seventh is all important in terms of the European playoffs. And I guess, you know, as inconsistent a season as Glenavon has had, you know, there's a big carrot there for Gary Hamilton and the players at this late stage of the season, isn't there? Very much so. Seven's still the aim. Um, yeah. We're not far off. Um, our bad run didn't help us, but we still have to play Carrick again um, in the or post-split. We have Balamina next week as well, so that could well knock them out of the run um, were we to beat them. Um, our problem will be the three games against the bottom three that we'll have to play because for some reason we just can't get results against them. Um, 
we, well, apart from Unboxing Day, we did get around Unboxing Day, I forgot about that. But, um, you know, it's going to be, it's going to come down to the wire there for that one because Carrick are doing well. Carrick have mm. done really well this year and, you know, they'll grind out results and, you know, the game between us and them is going to be very, very important. But um, when do you play them? I wonder. Uh, I don't know. It depends yeah. what way we finish up. I mean, if we That's... were to, or next seventh, would it all would change? Um, I'm I'm not sure yet. But that that is potentially that's a huge game, isn't it? You know that Glenavon Carrick game. If you were to beat Balamina in the interim, and then you managed to beat Carrick, then... I'm actually I'm actually just wondering now. Would it be the second game? Do you know the way they changed all the the fixtures mm-hmm. around? Would would sixth or would seventh against eighth then be the second game? Or no, did they move it to the second last game? Not sure, Johnny. Maybe no. Do you, Joe, Johnny? I uh, I don't I don't look down at the the ball, Michael. So that just took twenty three odd minutes there to get a wee bit of slower. Uh, Jamie, <laughs> um, I actually don't. You know what? You're going you're going to pay for that on Saturday if Corian happened to lose. Uh, well, it's a sort of annoy, so you know we never beat Glenavon, so you might, you, might well get, you, might, you might as well get your dig in early. Before <laughs> else, but, um, and what about the two the two guys that you you had from the two strikers that we once had in our patch? Um, obviously, Skinner's down there, and Johnny mentioned him earlier as well. Big Matthew Fitzpatrick. I mean, he's been. I I obviously don't watch Glenavon every week, but. From the bits that you see in the TV and the stats and the goal scoring charts, I mean, Fitzpatrick seems to be one of your standout players this season, doesn't he? Oh, really? He absolutely is. I mean, he's a, for me, probably player of the season. Um, he went through a bit of a dry spell there in terms of goals um, for a few weeks there, and finally that came to an end on Saturday. He took his goal really, really well against the Glens. But I mean, he's he's quality, isn't he? I mean, he his record for a striker in the bottom six is phenomenal. Um, there's no wonder the word club sniffing around him at one stage, allegedly. He's, he's, a, he's a captain now too, isn't he? He has been wearing the captain's armband now this last couple of weeks. Um, he, he wore it against Newry um, because Danny Wallace, our, our club captain is uh, Mark Hockey. He's obviously out long-term injured. So Danny's been deputising and then he got injured. So Fitzy got the worthy armband. Uh, Danny was back into the side on Saturday, but Gary, being as superstitious as he is, <laughs> um, has kept the armband with uh, Fitzy. Um, but it, it, it doesn't seem to face him having to wear the armband. No. Um, it's um, he's doing really well. In fact, if anything, has probably helped him because he scored that goal. So hopefully, he scores another one on Saturday. I mean, uh, in terms of um, Skinner, um, Skinner. Whenever we signed him, I was expecting him to come on and play maybe twenty minutes at the end of the game. Um, he started off the season and he, he played near enough every minute of every game um, which I was surprised at but we haven't seen so much of him recently I think he had picked up a few injuries over the course of the season back injuries and strains and stuff like that there so I think he's still recovering from those he was on the bench I think on Saturday so he might be on his way back but um, at the minute we've only got room for one up front the way we're playing and that's Fitz he's the man so um, Skinner may still be that 20 minute man after all <laughs> I mean, Johnny, you, you were talking to Fitzy, you mentioned earlier on, and he's a player you would, no, no disrespect to Glenn Avon, but you'd love to see him back at the showgrounds, wouldn't you? I would, obviously, look, he's, it's a weird one because he was only with Corey for six months, so he probably didn't get enough time, and I think hindsight's a wonderful thing. Um, he probably did the right thing, he went out to Glenn Avon, and he's banging on the goals and playing games and, and showing what he's all about, so, look, Again, he left and he's went out and proved himself and obviously that's our mistake and Glenavon's gain and fair play to him because he's went out and he's worked hard and I watched the Eric's league show there and I think he's the only player that's scored more goals against the top six teams this year apart from Fitzy is, is Lee Bonus with eight and Fitzy's got seven so yeah, he scores obviously against the big teams and, and in the big games so um, yeah, he's definitely one of the best strikers in the league he's athletic, he can hold the ball up he can run in behind him pretty much do everything so um, yeah, I think Gary will be happy that they tied him down to that 94 year contract or whatever it was they signed. Um, because it's no surprise, I think, and I said this in the podcast last week that like the bot, the so called bottom six teams, and probably even Corey and Lou and Cliff and Baldwin, because they're part timers, are signing their players down to longer, longer term contracts. So if the full time teams come in or the big Belfast sides come in, that they're, they're going to be well protected. Because uh, Fitz is a school teacher by, by trade as well, isn't he? You know, so he's got. 
a good career there and part-time football suits him. Um, what about Skinner? I mean, it must be due to be coming back to Korean sometime. <laughs> he just well, splits between the clubs, doesn't he? Probably. Um, but again, look, fair play Skinner. He could have easily hung him up or played junior football or whatever. And, you know, but that's nice. There's, there's always life on Skinner. I'm still expecting Skinner to play in like, 10 years. So and he's like Peter Pan, that one. Uh, I mean, he's 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 a character, Michael, isn't he, Skinner? He's, you know, in, in the changing room and in, in, in a, a group of footballers, you need characters like a Skinner as well, don't you? You do. Um, like he he'd give the place a lift. He he'd talk the boys. Maybe you'll understand them, like, but he'd talk away to them and get them, <laughs> yeah, give them you know that that sort of boost that they need and give a bit of encouragement and. I heard him one day. I'll, I'll not go into what he was talking about, but I heard him one day um, in the. Um, what were we doing? I can't remember what it was. We were upstairs in Gary's office and we we're waiting on him. He was on the spin bike and he was on the phone to somebody. And the pep talk he was giving that boy was unreal. <laughs> From what I can understand, it was unreal anyway. But, uh, I know he's a good lad, Skinner. Um, he's a good lad. I have a lot of time for him. Uh, and he has a good relationship with Gary as well. Him and Gary would be get on very well together, which is important. They do, and I, I suppose it was no surprise, really. You know, whenever Skinner became available, he was back down the road of yeah. us. Um, I think there Gary was at his wedding there not that long ago. Um, so yeah, um, it's good having him. Um, I just wonder how much more of him we're going to see. Um, I think he's still got another year left in his contract. Actually, now I think about it, but um, will he become a bit more of a bit part player rather than the main man up front? I suspect he might. I suspect they will. You know, time waits for nobody. And I suppose when you're getting into your mid to late thirties and you start picking up an injury or two, it's it's hard then to keep going at this. Ah, tell me about it. <laughs> tell <laughs> me about it. <laughs> I, I can't even remember back to my thirties, but that's another story. Yeah. And what about Gary Hamilton? Uh, uh, like we only know him briefly, you know, through whenever we play Glenavon, etc. And you know, he he always comes across well, and uh, he's another. Irish League character as well. I mean, well, what's he like, Michael? Because he seems to be a genuine kind of a guy and, and heart in the right place kind of a fella. You work closely with him. I mean, how is he yeah. to work with, for example? I, I've known Gary a long time. Um, and he, he's he, as honest as the day is long. You know, he he calls speed a speed. Um, he takes no prisoners. Um, he doesn't suffer fools gladly, but he's, you know, he's a top fella. Uh, if you're um, good to him. He'll be good back to you, that sort of guy. Um, it's um, he's had a, a tough time over the last while. He said that run of ten games. Um, there was a lot of pressure on. There was fans calling for him to go. Let's be honest, there were there was a lot of fans calling for him to go. But uh, hopefully now, um, we're starting to see you know that he has the capability of turning things around. Um, it wasn't easy. He was hampered with injuries and players not being available for suspensions and stuff like that there and with a tough run of fixtures with for some reason i think the porter nine game was possibly a, a low a, an absolute low and i further fell he's been there what 10 11 years and he hasn't let us down that much um you know two irish cups you know i think it was five years consecutively qualifying for europe um, fair enough, the last few years have been difficult, but it's been difficult for everybody. You know, we're all struggling to, to compete with the full time teams. I know people, you know, go on about Gary, you know, always making this inference about top or full time teams and part time teams and the difference that it makes. It's true, it's absolutely true. And Gary's not the only one saying it. Stephen Baxter was saying some of the same things the other week about trying to attract players. Um, you know, it, it, he's not on his own and. I'm just glad things are starting to sort themselves out and hopefully we can kick on from here. Yeah, I mean, Johnny, nobody ever likes to see a, a manager go through a hard time and, and particularly somebody like Gary Hamilton there who, as Michael says, has been at the club for about a decade, doesn't probably have the resources that a lot of clubs like the Lawrence, the Glens, etc. We could talk about it all night. Doesn't have the similar resources. Has to be creative in the players that it can attract to the club. Etc. Um, in many ways, a bit like Oren at Korean as well, Johnny, isn't it? I always think that Gary Hamlin's probably been a wee bit of a victim of his own success. You know, you could make a team out of the players that have moved on. You know, Tuffy, Marshall, Singleton, Aaron, Mitchell, Sykes, Cooper. You know, the list goes on. There's probably loads that I'm forgetting. You know, so um, you know, and they're not easy to replace. Like 
realistically, like Brad Lyons, Jimmy McGonagall, you know, within a budget or within that money, we were never going to replace him. So we had to be smart in how we went about it. So, um, my, sorry, football goes in cycles. And obviously, look, Glenavon, three, four years ago, were qualifying for Europe and winning the Irish Cup, and now they're in a cycle where they're not. And that's just how football goes. And, you know, we're in a really, really good cycle. But, you know, five, six years ago, we were the opposite of where Glenavon were. You know, we were finishing eighth, ninth. Getting knocked out of the Irish Cups by Warren Point and Ards and everything like that. So football just works in very mysterious ways. And you know, I think probably the the, the expectation levels at Glenavon are high because of what Gary Hamilton achieved before. And just football just doesn't work again. It's similar to Korean, isn't it? Because in many ways, Korean and, and Orn victims of their own success because we've talked about it in the podcast before that fans get accustomed to going to finals and competing in Europe and finishing in the top six and not that I'm saying people take it for granted but you get used to it and you, soon, you forget about the bad old days as well and it is very similar to, like Glen Avenue you say you know victims of your own success in many ways yeah and like you know as a Korean fan I said it every week I feel spoiled recently but you know you look back at our honours list you know in the last even 20, 25 years ago, they won three or four major trophies. So it's not as if it like it should be accustomed for Korean or you know, we should automatically be in that position or you know, it should just be given as a you know, seen as a normality. So um yeah, it's weird, you know, like I've seen a few people on Twitter and Facebook saying you know, is Orin taking Korean as far as they can and you're sitting there like what you know, like what are you on about? You know, um we the sixth but in my opinion we've probably the sixth big, biggest budget in the league and we're sitting sixth. We've got the a cup final, um. So, you know, yes, there's obviously results that you know could have changed things, or you know, there's certain you know maybe we could have brought in this certain player and stuff like that. But name me a manager, you know, that you know hasn't you know had a great window or ever, you know. So, you know, the players we brought in have been really really good in the last year. We brought in eight new players, and it's going to take a wee bit of time. And you know, the, the, you know, so by the time the preseason comes around, it'll be a second preseason for a lot of them guys and. You know, so um, yeah, no, I only see things as, as a positive, and and here's hoping you know that we can keep the likes of Glax and Chevy and London and Dean Jarvis and Conor McDermott moving forward. I mean, it's 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 difficult, Michael, isn't it? Because like all clubs, once you go through that poor run of games and form, as you said, supporters start getting a little bit more vociferous, and then the numbers of games start to drop off, and it's just like a knock-on effect, isn't it? I mean, do you think? The upturn in fortunes of Glenavon over this last couple of weeks and those couple of back-to-back wins, we'll see fans coming back out for the latter games of the season this time. I don't know. Um, it's hard to tell because the fixtures aren't exactly going to be that enticing, except for we have the potential of playing Portadown the last game of the season, which could be a more view park relegation party. Um, that'll what, be a good- what a game that'll be. That'll be a, a, that could be a mess. You know the thing is as well, I'm actually missing it. I'm away and my brother's stagged out, so why not get the save? That's maybe not a bad thing. I'm going to try and find, um, I, I think you can use 11 Sport in Portugal, so it'll be all right. I might be able to see it all right. But um, no, um, oh, that could be, I can't see it. It's the, the fixtures, I, mean, I think our, our home, our games are, will be, um, we'll have Balamina at home again, I think, and Porter Down. And Carrick, I think, are the ones at home. Um, so I mean, they're not exactly games are going to draw the crowds out. I know what you mean. Yeah, you probably find fans will probably take sort of a little bit of a back seat up until maybe what time. And if you're fortunate enough to get into the European playoffs, yeah, you'll see that crowd return absolutely, absolutely. off games. And who knows? I mean, if um, we end up in the playoffs, might end up playing Korean. Which will be uh, up at the showgrounds, my favourite away trip. <laughs> Johnny, is that is that is that things of nightmares, dream stuff of nightmares for you playing Glen Avon in the European playoff? Yeah, um, only because we haven't beat them <laughs> ever since <laughs> things were arrived. So no, listen. And for a European playoff in Glen Avon, you have to beat them if you always qualify for Europe, and it's as simple as that. So. Um, I would take that now in the semi-final. I would. I would take a home semi-final now if he offered it to me. So um, we have to get there first. So don't worry about it. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah we have to get home <laughs> as well. So we we have to do that as well. So, and uh, um, you said, Michael, it was your favourite away trip of the season, did you? Absolutely, love going up to the north coast. Um, it's um, I think 
last year if it'd been on a Friday, we couldn't make as full a day of it as what we would have liked to. Um, although we did go up the Port Rush and spend the day there knocking about. Couldn't really drink too much that day. Um <laughs> and um had a lovely feed. I think it was in where were we in the Newbridge, were we? Uh, maybe. Might have been, and then came on down the road to the match. Came back down the road to three points. Fantastic. Lovely. <laughs> that's that's why it's your favourite away. <laughs> no, that, it was that, good good drinking that, trip. <laughs> that, that and you're on the Korean podcast as well, like obviously. So no. right, well here, well right, we'll, we'll get a we'll get a bit of a a forecast or a prediction out of you guys. Um, um how how we think it'll maybe pan out on Saturday. Michael as a special guest tonight. Um, how do you see it going? You you're obviously the team is going to be coming into it with a bit of confidence, given the way you've seen off high spending Glen Torn on your last outing. Aye, but I can't scud Glen Avon, so I'm going to say seven nil Corian. Like no, it'll be it'll be a good game. It'll be tight. Um, there'll be plenty of good attacking football, I reckon, from both sides. Um, but I reckon there probably will be plenty of goals as well. Mm. Both think teams seem to. Have, well, Korean obviously called on Saturday or on Sunday, but um, you know the, there are plenty of threat up front. Um, so it's going to be a, it'll be a good game. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I mean, Johnny. I mean, I don't know how to how to look at this game because obviously with the disappointment of last week, as you said, there's a lot to play for. Is it a matter of getting the players regrouped again, and or do they do they need any motivation, or should they have it anyway? They should have it anyway after how last season ended up after losing the final. So we're winning on Saturday. Good match. Seven all apparently. Uh, we are what we have to beat them at some point. Flip me, hey. So I'm go- I'm gonna be confident and I'm gonna go I'm gonna go three two Korean. Uh see at this stage I'd settle and I'll go I'll settle for a one nil victory. That would do rightly, just get up the road with three points and it doesn't matter how it comes, you know, comes off somebody's backside or whatever. We'll we'll, we'll take that. Um, in terms of the other games, guys, I mean, I'm looking here. The first game this weekend is the what you would call East Antrim Derby, Larne at home to Palomina. Um, Michael, uh, Larne, I think six points clear. If they were to go and beat Palomina on Friday night, and suddenly that extends to nine before the other teams play on Saturday. It's quite a gap, isn't it, for the chasing pack? It's quite a gap, but then it's a gap that could be reduced back down to six very, very quickly. Uh, I would expect it will be as well. I think um, Bal- or Lawrence should have enough to see off Balamina. Um, I'd like to think anyway. Um, I can't imagine <laughs> Balamina would get anything out of that game at all. I know, that's it's um, a rehearsal for the Irish Cup semi-final too, isn't it? I mean... It's probably fair to say <laughs> Larne have more to not I wouldn't say they have more to play for, but I mean it, probably Balamina's most of their eggs are in the one basket in terms of the Irish Cup. If they happen to do well in the Irish Cup and get and win it, they're into Europe. I mean that's quite a quite a prize for them, isn't it? In terms of cup as opposed to go through the whole league playoff thing as well, isn't it? Yeah, and I mean, I suppose it has an impact as well, you know. Um, you know uh, how the the playoff places go as well. You know where Balamina to win it. Should they finish seventh, um, or should they even finish outside the playoffs? You know how it all impacts all that as well. So, um, I know it, it's um, don't really know what I'm trying to say. Now I've lost my, my, my thought. Even <laughs> thanks. I think, I think you were. I think you were tending towards a large victory. And I think I was. Sure. I think I was. <laughs> I don't think Johnny would disagree with you there, would you, Johnny? I think no. you would go for a Larn one. I think Larn will have enough um, 2 0. Balmina haven't won in 10 league games, I think it is now. So um, they're definitely due one. I would be shocked if it came in on, on Friday night. Uh, I think it'd be brilliant for the league if they beat them. I think it would just close everything all in um, and everything else. I would love to see I would love to see Larn win in this split only about two or three points clear just to see what bottle they have. Um, I think six. I think if they go in six, clearly win the league because they would need to lose two games and they need everybody else nearly to be perfect. Um, if you think about it, so um, so either down near Balmain or us, they, they take points off them before the split. And and obviously the the North Belfast derby finished in a draw on Monday night, and that kind of helped Lauren too, didn't it? It did. But what a game of football that was, by the way. That was 
Like I've watched a lot of football probably in the last three, four weeks, even on the TV and stuff, but that was one of the best games I've watched. No joke. Just literally blood and thunder they went for it. Um, better voice types, styles of football, better hoofing, nice, better play, plenty of tackling, a few scuffles. Like that's what it was all about. It was a, some fantastic goals as well. Um, that's what it was all about and great atmosphere and everything else. And yeah, no, I really, really enjoyed it. I think that's probably one of the best games I've seen in Irish League this year. And Colin Coates loved that, wasn't he? <laughs> Colin Coates wearing the captain's armband for Clevenball at Seaview. Like, would you ever have thought today? Um, but again, as I said at the start of the programme there, um, he's been bright any time I've watched him. Um, whilst they might not have it as much in the legs, um, there's still a lot of football, um, football intelligence in, in, the, in the brain. So, and then obviously Ryan Curran's coming back for them too. Um, Weird, weird player. Probably does nothing, goes on the radar and still ends up scoring. Um, so you'll take them strikers all day, every day. So um, him, him being back to a big plus for for Liverpool. The, the other, another game on Saturday, uh, Michael, was, uh, you will have a keen interest in Carrick at home to Glen Torren. You obviously beat the Glens recently. Uh, Carrick vying for the seventh along with yourselves. How, how would you see that one going? I think it'll be a tight game. Um, mm-hmm. that one's at them, um, Carrick, isn't it? It is, yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. So, I mean, that's not, that'll not be an easy place to go to for the Glens. Um, it's not an easy place to go and play football at all. Um, and the Glens are sort of they're on a decent run of form, and now all of a sudden they've had a few bumps in the in, in the road. Um, could be tight enough. Um, won't be surprised if Carrick do actually get something out of that game. Mm. I mean, I, I'll go for a draw, I think I'll go for a draw. In that particular game, as you say, Carrick at home. And what Carrick do have, probably maybe in, in comparison to previous years, they've got guys who can score goals and score goals out of relatively very, very little. I mean, they have McGuckin and, and, and various other boys up front. They have the capacity. And any team with David Cushley in their side is going to have a chance of scoring, as we all seen during the week. I mean, Johnny, how do you see Carrick and Glentoran panning out? It's a tough one because obviously the Glens won 5 1 there. What was it about less than two weeks ago? Yeah. And some of the goals that Carrick can see it were a bit comical, but it's a tough place to go. Like they beat um they beat Lamphill at home. Um I think they, they beat Crusaders at home and they ran Lauren close a couple of times and they ran us close every time we seem to play Carrick away. So um yeah, that'll be a tough one. Um I think the Glens will sneak that one again. I think it'll be maybe like another one now. Um Obviously, it'd be great if Glentoran drop points because obviously we can we can leapfrog them, leapfrog them. Hopefully, in the league, if we have a positive result, so um, yeah, it's, I'm just glad that Glentoran have now played all their games and everyone's in 31. <laughs> Give me a bit of OCD there for about two months, so um, yeah, no, it makes it makes the last split game so heading in the split really interesting to see where you're. Who you're going to face first and where you're going. It is funny at this, at this stage of the season now, Michael, where. It, you're almost keeping an eye on other teams' results as much as nearly your own because it, every game and every result has a bearing on what happens either in the top half or the bottom half. And Cliftonville at home to Dungannon also on Saturday is probably another example of that because Korean supporters will be looking at it and hoping that Cliftonville drops some points. You'll be looking at it hoping Dungannon don't make any points. And all those games now have got an interest for everybody in the league, haven't they? I have. Well, I have to say, I'm probably not as bothered about Dungannon as no. what it was about two or three weeks ago, um, where it looked very much like we could have been dragged into that relegation scrap. Um, there's a 15 point gap there now. So yeah, the only, the only reason I'm sort of still looking at Dungannon is I'm wondering can Porter down catch them and stay up uh, or make the playoffs. But um, no, that will be. Um, Tell me this, right, as a Glenavon man and a Glenavon fan, and obviously your Derby rivals is... I know what you're going right? to ask me here. You know what I'm going to ask you. It's going to be asked. <laughs> it's got to be, I don't even know if I want to ask this. Do you want to see Portadown stay up? Yes and no. Yeah, um, I get it. Do I, want to stay, do I want to stay up? No, because it would be funny to see him get relegated. <laughs> but I would miss Boxing Day. Yes. Boxing Day is massive. Um, Boxing Day is basically, I, I couldn't care less about Christmas Day. Boxing Day is my day. Um, and I would miss that. And it's not the same. We went through, you know, obviously, when the reporter and I were relegated, uh, we played, I think we played Newry one year. I think we played Warren Point one year. And we played Dungannon one year. Not the same. Um, it's, 
it's not the same. It's not no, the same. You see, I, I get your answer because Johnny, I would ask you the same, you know, it's not going to happen, but Balamina getting relegated. I mean, much as Korean fans probably don't like them, you'll certainly miss them. And, and as Michael says, Boxing Day would not, never be the same again, would it? No, you're right. There's obviously, look, you don't want to see them win anything, but I think, you know, you would miss Boxing Day um, and just the away days and everything. And, you know, rivalries and boxing and Derby Day games and everything is what, is what makes the league, really, if you think about it. Um, you know, you want to beat Ballina, you, you know, we've seen them a wee bit of rivalry with Cliftonville, so you want to beat them. You, you, you obviously want to beat everybody, but there's obviously, you know, Boxing Day, you know, I couldn't care less about Christmas Day either. <laughs> Only, it's, it's the financial aspect of it, you know. I was just thinking that. I think um, this year, we, we, we also had Boxing Day at Morview this year. It was the first time we had it at home in Donkeys, and it was great. The, all the bars around the place were buzzing. Of course, Morview Park is the only ground in the Irish League where you can do a pub crawl. Um, you know, you can, it, it, all the, they were all bouncing. The, the ground was pretty much sold out. It, it you know great boost financially for us at a time whenever really we haven't been going well. Yeah. Um. So you know for for that reason alone, there'll be plenty of people around the club who'd be hoping this do they do stay up. Well, that's it. But there'll still be as many people hoping they go down. <laughs> when you want to see them, just maybe just escape by the skin of their teeth, just to give you a bit of fun, but also to keep them in the league for next year. We'll well we'll see. <laughs> I mean, anyway, Cliftonville, yeah, what do we agree? Cliftonville probably going to beat Dungannon Saturday, yeah, yeah. Although, having said that, Dungannon obviously went to solitude a couple of weeks ago in the cup and won. That's, that's true. Um, but no, I still I can't see the Cliftonville win, but that's the cup, wasn't it? The league and the cup, yeah. two different things. Uh, and then again, you see, this is the problem in the top six because Cliftonville are going to beat Dungannon. And Johnny Linfield at home to Newry City, so I mean that's that's a that's a home win all day long, isn't it? Yeah, so it was a tough probably week for Corian in, yeah. in the sense that we really we really need to win to be honest. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, obviously the other top six teams you'd fancy them all to win or mm-hmm. be a puzzle result. So um, down the down the Corian now they they pick up the room. And Crusaders away at Portadown, and again, Michael. You can only really see one win, and that's no way win again. Yeah, but again, Portadown have been doing all right recently. Portadown yeah. managed to scrape together a few results. They're they seem to be gradually clawing themselves back out of the, where they were. Um, with, yeah, actually, you're right. Mm-hmm. You know, they, 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 it wouldn't surprise me at all if they were to get a result, but I would still, my head still says a way win. I I mean, I'm looking at the table, and they're bottom of the league still, yes, but they're only five points behind Dungannon. Yeah, I think at one stage, it was it 10, 11 games into the season, they only had one point, and that was off <laughs> us. Um, I thought so that was a bad result. I'll give Nal Curry his juice. He's done a great job there in the time he's been there. He certainly has. And do you know what? They'll keep going right to the very, very end. And that's, that's a gimme as well with the island charge. But um, yeah, it's very interesting. Put it down 15, Dungannon second from bottom with 20, and Newry City third from bottom with 23. And I think that's. That is probably going to go the last day of the season. I don't know about the top half, but certainly that the bottom half, Michael, is it's it's all to play for, isn't it? Very much so. Um, you know, the way things are working out, Newry seem to have just tailed off a wee bit. Um, they could be if Portadown were to pick up a couple more wins, and they could well do in the mm-hmm. in the bottom six whenever the split happens. That's right. And Newry go on, and you know they've also got the play games against ourselves, Balamina, Carrick. You need wins uh, for Europe. It, it, it could get very, very tight down there very, very quickly. And Nuri, as you say, could go down the last day of the season. Nuri could be dragged into it and go down themselves automatically. You just don't know at this stage. They certainly could. Um, just before we wrap up, Michael, uh, top half of the table, Johnny was having a dig at you earlier about not looking at the bottom. I'm sure you do take the odd look at the top half of the table. With envy, uh, yeah. Quite a few. Quite a few well, not, the, the games are running out, but. If you were a better man, wh- who would you put your money on? Where where do you see the league title ending up this year? I have to say, Lauren, don't you? I mean, the gap they have at the minute six points. I'd imagine it'll still be six points come uh, the end of the weekend. 
Um, I can't see them. Well, then again, the split, you never know. Uh, it'll get tight. But I, I, I still think they're in the driving seat. It's, it's hard to see past them. It is. I mean, they've only lost four four games this year, which is the best record. Uh, they've only conceded 18 league goals, which is, again, the best defensive record. So, and actually, they've won the most games as well. The league table doesn't lie. And at this moment in time, you've got to say it's it's Lawrence to lose, isn't it, really? Very much so. Um, Cliftonville, Linfield, you know, for Linfield to come back into it, you know, they're, they're what now, what, seven points behind? Mm-hmm. I can't see them doing it. The games we have, they only, only have, what, seven games left? I'm not seven, and, they, and, and they're all against fellow top six teams. Yeah. And they have not a great record against the top six teams this year, I think. No, no. Um, so, so then you're looking at Cliftonville then, you know, possibly trying to challenge Lauren Again, it comes down to the Lauren dropping points, and I, I can't see them doing it. No, I don't see it too, too much either. Johnny, Johnny, you're going to tell me Corrine are going to come on a, on a late run. Uh, Alex, something out of Cheltenham here and just going to come running up the hill with like seven wins in a bounce and, and claim the title on the last day or something. I want to, Damien, but even even I can't, unfortunately. So it's all right, Damien. None of us, none of us are that deluded. Well, here, guys. Um, I know. Well, our time's nearly up here as well. Um, so, Michael, first of all, thank you very much for coming on. No problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, I was going to wish you good luck on Saturday, and then I remembered who you were playing. So, yeah. I, 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 um, I don't know. We'll, we'll get a beer. We'll all get a chat afterwards. We'll get a chat we afterwards. Will, we we certainly will. Well, and we'll we'll chew the fat and pick the bones out of it. Um, Johnny, you'll be uh, there, or you? Elsewhere on Saturday? No, I'll actually be for Lurgan on Saturday. So, uh, oh, very good. Yeah. It, must be, it must be your turn to drive. That's all right. That sounds good to me. All right. I'll buy you a coffee in the way. I'll do, son. That'll do. Well, here, Johnny, thank you very much for your time. Uh, Michael, also thank you for your time and a little bit of insight into Glenavon. Um, let's hope that uh, we, 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 we can take it on board and turn the tables this weekend and, and get a, a much-needed win over Glenavon for a change. Uh, thank you to both the guys. Thank you to everybody who is taking the time to listen to the podcast. It's very much appreciated, and we love the feedback as well. And also, finally, thank you to your kind sponsors, Radio Taxis, for their, their sterling job. As ever, um, look after yourselves and come on the bandstand.